In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome today to our Sunday celebration of Mass. Today is the seventh Sunday of Easter, and we find ourselves in between the Feast of the Ascension and the Feast of Pentecost. As we look forward to the Feast of Pentecost, we recognise that the church itself is called to be a church that is in the power of the Spirit. I ask you especially to remember in your prayers of today's Mass, Canon McNamee, whose uh, anniversary of death is at this time, and I ask you also to remember Dr Cathy uh, Mills, uh, who uh, is um, uh, been asked prayers for at this time. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. 
And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you are the Holy One, you are the Lord, you are the Most High Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Graciously hear our supplications, O Lord, so that we who believe that the Saviour of the human race is with you in your glory may experience, as he promised, until the end of time, his abiding presence among us, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After Jesus was taken up into heaven, the Apostles went back from the Mount of Olives, as it is called, to Jerusalem, a short distance away, no more than a Sabbath walk. And when they reached the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying. There were Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Jude, son of James. All these joined in continuous prayer, together with several women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The Word of the Lord I am sure I shall see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. The Lord is my light and my help, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, before whom shall I shrink? There is one thing I ask of the Lord, for this I long, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to savour the sweetness of the Lord, to behold his temple. O Lord, hear my voice when I call. Have mercy and answer. Of you my heart has spoken. Seek his face. A reading from the first letter of St Peter. If you can have some share in the sufferings of Christ, be glad, because you will enjoy a much greater gladness when his glory is revealed. It is a blessing for you when they insult you for bearing the name of Christ, because it means that you have the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of God resting on you. None of you should ever desire to suffer for being a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or even an informer. But if any of you should suffer for being a Christian, 
and he is not, then they are not to be ashamed of it. They should thank God that they have been called one. The word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you. And through the power over all mankind that you have given him, let him give eternal life to all those you have entrusted to him. And eternal life is this, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth and finished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, it's time for you to glorify me with that glory I had with you before ever the world was. I have made your name known to the ones you took from the world to give me. They were yours and you gave them to me and they've kept your word. Now at last they know that all you have given me comes indeed from you. For I have given them the teaching you gave to me, and they have truly accepted this, that I came from you, and have believed that it was you who sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine and in them I am glorified. I am not in the world any longer, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. I notice that there are a lot of people calling for churches to be reopened and moves have already been made in other countries to do this but these countries seem to have made more progress progress than us or are in a different part of what we are used to calling the curve just now. Even in America the president has threatened to force governors of the states to allow churches to be reopened and for services to recommence. But it's a risky business for them when clearly all the signs are that they are not in a proper position to do justice. The scientists and politicians tell us that to reopen our churches would be reckless, would be a reckless move in our country at this moment and would endanger the progress that has been made up to the present. The virus is still here and anything that we can do to limit contacting crowds seems it will further stop its spread and perhaps lead to its eradication too. The road to recovery is a slow one. Small steps will be taken that lead to larger and more significant ones. We are simply asked to wait humbly in line until we are given the green light. 
if progress continues to move, if pro progress continues to be made, we move to the next phases to open for private prayer and then eventually for public masses and something that we would regard to be as normal. But even when we return to the masses in the church, we should be aware that all sorts of measures will be put in place to safeguard and protect those who come to church. It will make it seem far from normal. Initially, smaller numbers will be accommodated in the church. The church will have to be cleaned after each of the masses or services, and there will have to be a new layout in the church as well. I have to tell you that I'm firmly in the camp of following the vice to remain closed until the green light is given, not to endanger lives and hopefully to save lives. I'm in the camp of taking a turn and waiting to see how things progress. We may wonder why others are further up in the queue, why they are allowed to open and resume activities and we are not. There are certainly anomalies. But the message for us to wait, to be patient and to be humble seems a good one. To stop the spread of the virus and make the proffered moves that will lead to its eradication. You wouldn't think of going down into a bomb shelter and coming out when the bombs are still raining down on you. No, you wait to be called and told that the coast is clear before you make that move. So we wait till we get the call. We realise that it is a truth and self-evident that the church building could be closed for weeks and months, but our faith would still be alive. In times of persecution in which churches were closed, knocked down, and you weren't able, even able to speak or to think the faith, the faith was alive in homes, hearts and minds of followers. The faith itself can never be snuffed out by churches being locked. In actual fact, it grows in circumstances of adversity. I was thinking the other day there that we are a church that has become poor overnight. Although we are church and will always be church, in a sense, we are without a church building, even if temporarily. We are a church without roofs, roof, walls and windows. We are a church without money and resources. Pope Francis often says that he wishes that the church be poor for the poor. He could never have imagined that those words would become true. And yet we are still church. We are really church in these days, the body of Christ in the world, its members united by the Spirit, joined in faith and prayer, in these days without bricks and mortar, without signs that we associate with being church. We are truly in these days the body of Christ, truly the church, its members joined together in faith and prayer and joined by the mystery of grace. What possibility is then in these days to see ourselves as united, truly united, in a living and breathing body, living the faith and prayer, belief 
and then united in ways in, think, in, in which we think we thought would never be possible. In these days, the centre of gravity moves to your home, to the building where you live, to the place that you live in, and are present, either alone or with your family. The church is present there with you. It is the home church. It's where the faith is lived and practised. Prayers are said. The faith is kept alive in your homes. If you're looking for inspiration for that, consider the first reading of today's Mass and that place where the disciples and the apostles return after the Ascension. It is a building. It is an upper room. The place where the apostles ate the Last Supper. The place where Jesus appeared to his apostles in the Resurrection. The place that they returned to after the Ascension and where the Spirit itself will come upon them. It tells us it's the place that they have faith and in which they pray. The centre of gravity then moves from here to your home. Here the church building is closed, but with you the church is in the spirit and is alive. The church is in your homes and in your heart. The church itself is in you. It is in that child recently baptised. It is in those older people who have lived their faith all their life. It is in married couples. It is in those children and young people growing up. It is in people who have lost their faith along the way. It is in people who have been away from the practice of their faith. It is in each of you. You are the body of Christ. A tiny child is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is in married couples. The body of Christ is in people who are old in years. It's in young people who are growing up. It's in people who are a long time away from their faith. It's in me as the priest. It's in our bishop. It's in the Pope. It's in people who, have relig who live religious lives. It's in your home. It's in your heart. And you are the body of Christ in the world. You belong to the church, but you are the church. I heard in recent days someone in the church say that the sacraments themselves are important to us as food itself that we eat. Just as important. It seems to me that that natural fact is a false juxtaposition. Food is food. The sacraments are sacraments. We will not die without the sacraments. We will certainly die without food. The grace of God is always with us, as we hear in the Gospel of today's Mass. Jesus ascended, but is always with us in the power of the Spirit. His grace surrounds us and is present to us. His promise not to leave us and to be with us till the end of time is a promise that remains. No pandemic, no locked churches, no temporary restriction in the sacraments can keep us 
from his love and his grace. In time, the keys will be put a note to the lock and the doors of the church will swing open again. I'm sure that will be a great day for each of us to be able to return to those things which we know and love very much. If there was ever a sense in which we took it for granted then in the days in which we are able to return we will value it even more. But I'd like to suggest to you that just as many things will change in the future, this also will change because we will return to the church building with a new sense of our own reality as being the church, the body of Christ, the living stones of that building. For the Spirit is in us, the Spirit joins us together, the Spirit gives us gifts. We are the living body of the church in the world. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried, descended into hell, on the third day he rose again from the dead, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Conscious of the love and mercy of God and of his providence for us in our life, we make our prayers for all our needs. For a greater awareness of being the church, the body of Christ in the world, and for the ability to make of our homes a home church in which prayer and faith are kept alive. For those suffering from the virus throughout the world, and especially for countries who don't have medical services to care for the sick. For all people throughout the world who care for the sick, that they may have the strength to do their work, even in times in which they are weary and tired. For a greater care for the planet, that we may be aware of our responsibility to look after God's creation. That the children and young people may continue to grow in the faith and love of God. And for those who worry about the future, that the Spirit may give them courage and resilience in hard times. And for all who have asked for prayers at this time for special intentions. God of grace and mercy, be with us in these times. Give us confidence and strength by the power of your Spirit in our hearts and in our homes. We ask this through Christ our Lord.
Pray now, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept, O Lord, the prayers of your faithful with these offerings, that through these acts of devotedness we may pass over to the glory of heaven. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For after his resurrection, he plainly appeared to all his disciples and was taken up to heaven in their sight that he might make us sharers in his divinity. Therefore, overcome with Easter joy, Every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, 
by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, our spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Let us pray. Hear us, O God our Saviour, and grant us confidence that through these sacred mysteries there will be accomplished in the body of the whole Church what has already come to pass in Christ her Head, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. And we ask Mary's special protection and guidance for us in these days. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, hail our life, our sweetness and our hope. To thee do we cry for vanished children of Eve, to thee do we send forth sighs, mourning and weeping in the valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O Clement, O Loving, O Sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, O Most Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. The Lord be with you, and may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Alleluia, alleluia. <laughs>